It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. And flows. This is your boy Marcus and Game Changer. My man Seku will be joining us momentarily. Uh, another edition. Uh, you are about. You are really about to witness the power of street knowledge as me and Seku deliver another pod for you all out there on the Real Sports Guys Network, RealSportsGuys.com, RSG, Renegade Radio. We in the house in 2016. So, wow, we kind of get this thing going. I'm gonna drop a little music. Let y'all marinate for a second. Enjoy this mix by DJ Slick. The phone. Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Before I have to pull the strap off the cut. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Lone Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Cause ain't nothing but a G-Bang, baby. Too low, death G, so we crazy. Death Row is the label that pays, man. Unfatable, so please don't try to face Hell it. But yeah. uh, back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'm glad I'm understanding from a young G's perspective. And before me, they got a trick, I have to find a contraceptive. You never know, she could be earning her man and learning her man. And at the same time, burning her man. Now, if she burning, I'ma chill for a minute. Cause ain't no loving good enough to get burned while I'm a finish. Yeah. And that's relevant, real deal, holy field. And now you hooked up in hoes, know how I feel. Well, if it's good enough to get broke off a proper chunk, I take a small piece of some of that funky stuff. It's like this and like that and like this. It's like that and like this and uh It's like that and like this and like that and uh 
in this, smashing hits, make it hard to adapt to this. Put pizzazz and jazz in this, the cash in this, master this, blast this, and make a clap to this. DJs don't want cuts and obey the crowd. Just pump the volume up and play it loud. Hip hop's embedded. Before I said I wouldn't let it, but me and the microphone is still magnetic. Straight off the top, I knew I'd be forced to rock. Dead floor to stock, spot scorching hot. Hoping I open, rocking my law seminars, massage at the bar, smoking 10 hours cigars while I'm my meaties. With more vision and TVs, I find it easy catching diabetes and fly sweeties. Sit back and wait to hear slam and track. Rock a damn by popular demand of fat.
years younger than my mama. But I really got beaten since the girl loved drama. In single parenthood, there rock good. By the time she was 21, had another one. This one's a girl. Let's name a Pam. Same father as the first, but you don't give a damn. Irresponsible, plain not thinking. Papa said chill, but the brother keep winking. Till he rolled down, you would tear out your hide. On your side while the baby make a slide. But mama got wise to the game. The youngest the five kids, hun, here it is. After 10 years without no doubt, mama's getting married in the house. Listen, positive over negative for the woman a master. Mother queens rise in the chapter. Deja vu, tell you what I'm gonna do when they reminisce over you, my God. I recall a man off the family tree My right hand Papa Doc I see Took me from a boy to a man So I always had a father When my biological didn't bother yeah. Taking care of this So who am I to bicker? Not a bad picker But I'm clocking Pop's liver yeah. But you can never say that his life is through uh-huh. Five kids at 21 Believe he got a right to right. Here we go while I check the scene With the Portuguese lover at the age of 14 The same age, front page, no fuss But I bet you all you know They live longer than us right. Never been seen now That's where you're wrong but give the man a taste, then he's gone Not no sleep to a jazz tune I can hear his head banging on the wall in the next room I get the pillow and hope I don't wake him For this man to cuss, hear it all in verbatim Telling me how to raise my boy unless he's taking over I said, Pop, maybe when you're older We laughed all night about the hookers at the party My old man standing yelling, good God Almighty Use your condom, take zips of the blue When they reminisce over you, for real
All right, you're listening to Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com. This is Hustle and Flows. Marcus and Seiko, we're in the house with another edition of the Hip Hop and Sports Podcast. This is the only one of this kind you can find anywhere on the radio. All right, so this podcast is everything you want. We got hip hop, we got sports. We're going to bring it to you live for the next 45 or so minutes. My man Seiko is in the house. Seiko, how you doing, brother? Good man, good. I'm uh, sitting here uh, a little distraught because of my Knicks. I don't know where they're going. I feel like the last time we had a block, we uh, we were on the phone. The Knicks were in disarray before, so I guess I should be used to it now. But ne- it, it never uh, it never gets old with the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure what Phil is is thinking. He's trying to accomplish. Uh, uh, yeah, everything seems to be a bad fit right now. It's unfortunate. I I, I like to see the Knicks be good, just to switch it up. <laughs> just something new. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Just you to know, like bring you know, it. Go ahead. So the the worst the worst part of it, believe it or not, is the the self hating nature of Nick fans is the the worst stuff I get is from fellow Nick fans. So like <clears throat> I get people hit me up, uh most people just have pity. Right? So other fan bases have pity on the Knicks fan base. So when something like this happens it's oh man, yeah, what are you guys doing? I feel bad for y'all. And it's the Nick fans, your fellow fans that are like apoplectic. Like they're just fire this guy. He needs to quit. Trade mellow. Shut it all down. I'm just like, okay, you know, I just had to unplug for for about a day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> that's how Nick fans are. I mean, that's 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 the Nick fans I know are like that. Um, I I haven't really. You're the first kind of like chill about the Knicks Knicks fan I've ever met. Actually, most people are that. Like they need to get rid of so and so, you know, like trade the centerpiece of the team. It's like really, <laughs> that's supposed to solve something. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, we'll get uh, we'll get we'll get Blake for Mello, and then it's all good, man. Come on, it's a done deal. Hey, hey, actually, that that could work for both franchises. Honestly, I could the the Clippers uh, they could use Mello. I think they could use Mello, and I think Mello would enjoy playing with CP3. And it it, it gets rid of that log. You can't play with two non shooters, so to speak, in the league no more. It's hard. It's hard to win at a high level with a, without four shooters on the floor. And having Blake and DeAndre together is not ideal. But you throw Melo into that mix, and that becomes a different team. And I think New York just needs Blake, and Blake needs New York. <laughs> well, you know, I I won't say no. You know, they say who says no. I wouldn't say no to that trade. But uh, Chris Stops is not ready to play the five, and so and I, I really don't. It's it's not a great fit. And so I'm like, you know, we pay a lot of money for this guy. I love Blake, but what is where does that leave Porzingis? I'm not sure. But I I, would, I right. wouldn't say no. Right. Obviously, I'm like at this point, right. shoot, we'll take it. <laughs> yeah, but all right. But enough of my it. Knicks uh, sorrows. <laughs> yeah. So we have a, we have a slamming show. You produced this one, so we have a slamming show though. Uh, we're gonna get into your hip hop year in review. Um, we're going to kind of break all of that down, um, see who your picks were, uh, give you a chance to explain yourself to all the folks out there. Uh, then we're going to take a kind of spin ahead and talk about some budding rivalries, potential beefs that we're really kind of tuned into right now that we think will develop 
as the course of 2016 uh, begins to roll itself along. Uh, and then we're going to go back. We're going to go back, way back, <laughs> which that, doesn't that seem like back. it's really that far back. <laughs> I mean, with, it's 20 years, man. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a grip. Yeah. You know true. what I mean? To the, to, the, to the excellent year of 1996. Um, and doing my research for this, man, just going through a list. I was just like, "Wow, this was a slamming year." <laughs> yeah, it's so it's it's like the oh, it's like the oh three dra- NBA draft. You're just like, "Wow, all all that was the same year." Like, yeah, man, all of that was the same year. It's crazy. Absolutely, absolutely, man, absolutely. So let's just get into it. Uh, let's yeah. go ahead. I'm gonna give you the platform to kind of take us through your hip hop year in review, 2015. All right, so um, you know, so I've been doing this. So a little history, I guess, is is um, is, is probably a good idea. I, I started doing this in 2004 was the first year, and um, it was uh, really due to the fact that I, I had moved from New York to uh, to, to Chicago area, and kind of missed discussing albums day to day with with the fellas, you know, at the barbershop and the like. And so I said, you know, what, I'm going to put together my list. Here are all my thoughts. And I just emailed it to everyone I knew, and then there was just this long email chain, people bouncing back and forth. And uh, I enjoyed it. People enjoyed it. We had some great arguments. And so uh, I just started doing it every year. And so 2015, I kind of sat down. I always sit down, like, normally around mid-December, and uh, I kind of have the list in my in my head. I kind of do it uh, as I go through the year, and I kind of think about the ordering. But once I sit down and really – you know, listen to everything and think about, okay, what does this album mean? And how would I, how would I put this against that one? Um, Sometimes I'm surprised myself at the list. Um, And so this year I did a a top four and uh, it could have been a top five um, and we can discuss this. I'm willing to to argue, I'm willing to hear arguments about a a potential fifth, Um, but I picked four and uh, the way I kind of thought about, um, you know, it overall was just, uh, and this is for for the list every year, is, you know, the album to me is kind of the pinnacle of the art form in hip-hop. So songs are great, and having a track in the club is good, but to sit down and think, all right, I'm going to make an album, it's going to be a story, a narrative, a beginning, middle, and an end, I'm going to pull producers, I'm going to get, like, that's still to me what the what the art form really comes down to. And the people who can do that are in a different level than the folks who can you know, just come up with a bunch of songs or videos or what have you. Um, and so uh, the I did them in, in reverse order, um, and so we can kind of just go through them. So number four on my list, uh, coming from the state of Texas, uh, where I currently reside, uh, was Scarface. And it was a Scarface album called uh, Deeply Rooted. <clears throat> and um, it was an album that I didn't know what to expect when it first started. I can't, when I first uh, when I first got it, um, Scarface is a guy that I mean, street cred is he's he's the man. He's he's Hall of Fame guaranteed. But um, making an album in 2016, you know, Brad Jordan has to be pushing 50, maybe close, right? Like in that vicinity. And so I was wondering, like, is he gonna? What kind of album is he gonna make? Is he gonna try to do? I'm gonna do young stuff. I'm gonna do stuff for the club X Y Z and. Um, to my surprise and delightment, um, Scarface pretty much put together just a classic 
Scarface album. It's soulful, it's introspective, it's southern, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, just him talking about really where he grew up. It's, um, you know, things, his thoughts on religion, thoughts on trust and loyalty, family, uh, all those things. And so, you know, when I thought about, you know, works of art from beginning to end, I felt like <clears throat> Scarface put together probably one of the better albums of 2015. Okay. Now, I haven't actually, because of your list, I'm going to check this one out. I haven't checked this one out yet. I have it on Spotify ready to kind of sit down with. I like to really sit down with it, and I haven't had time to. But I'm a Face fan. Um, mm. And, you know, I always say, you know, a Face album is like talking to your old uncle who you know has been through the grind. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he can lay out the world in a way that is uh, it's, it's like aged and and relevant at the same time. It's like Yo, yeah, you was doing this 15 years ago, and the lessons you learned is still very pertinent to the, to the moment of now. Um, mm-hmm. So I was surprised at this pick. I was very surprised at this mm-hmm. pick. But uh, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but the review and the fact that you picked it has piqued my interest. So I'm going to take check this one out. Um, being a, you know, a face fan, classic face, and your opening, your opening paragraph where – because it's uh, his, his parallel to The Fix. Fix is one of my yeah. favorite albums, period. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm excited to listen to this one. When you when yeah. you juxtapose this with The Fix, what were your thoughts on that? Like, do, does this fit? Is it like a continuation? What are your thoughts? An evolution? Yeah, you know, so I, I've listened to all of, I, I always listen to a Face album. So I even if it's like, you know, and a, and a lot of the ones since The Fix have like kind of dropped with no fanfare. I mean, he's he's pretty much, you know, he's fiercely independent, so he doesn't get label push. He doesn't get a lot of publicity. But I always listen, and all of it, he's pretty consistent. But the quality of production, the quality of song, you know, he, he had a lot of songs on the, on the last couple albums that were, like, you know, good, but not really memorable. Not a song that made you kind of really say, like, whatever you're doing, you're just going to stop and listen to what he's saying. And um, this was as close. I do not think it's as good as The Fix. I mean, I don't think he's going to be able to touch The Fix again. I mean, The Fix was kind of like his uh, like his, his blueprint, so to speak, you know, for Jay-Z. Like, it wasn't his first album. I mean, he, he, was, he was a different artist from when he first came out. But it's probably the opus of his second half of his career, right? Like, as a, as a solo artist, kind of being who he was, not a ghetto boy cat. Um, the fix is probably the best, but it's it's similar in a lot of ways. I mean, so the 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 production is real. It's dusty. It's like a lot of dusty beats, piano. It's kind of slow. It's 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 kind of brooding, which I love. Um, so uh, rooted, which is kind of the, the 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 song, you know, the key title title track, um, and it's just really just him talking about like I'm real. Most of these cats aren't, and I'm going to describe why and how that is the case. <laughs> and then uh, he's got, uh, you know, um, Zero and John Legend just singing some of these hooks, and it's just like it's soulful. It, it kind of hits you. The the track that I really love is uh, this track, Steer, and it's, and you know, if you know 
face and you know kind of where he comes from. Like he always thinks about his own mortality, right? And so this is a song just him pretty much pleading for God to take the wheel. I mean, this is Jesus take the wheel in the most hood way possible. And, uh, you know, it's one of those ones you listen to and say, like, man, he, this guy's been through some real pain in his life or has been around people in some real pain, and he brings that on this album throughout the whole thing. So it's not an album that's going to get you amped up. It's not an album that you're going to feel happy necessarily listening to, but uh, it's going to move you, I think. All right. All right. So yeah, continue through. Continue through. Okay. All right, so the next one, and this is one that I knew was your favorite, uh, one of your your favorites from 2015, you've mentioned a couple times, and it's uh, coming from Detroit, Big Sean, Dark Sky Paradise. And um, the the best way for me to, um, oh, one thing I I forgot to mention, also in in the wrap-up, I kind of equated each of these artists with with an NBA player, just uh, thinking about, all right, if you think about this person and where he is right now, who he reminds me most the uh, Scarface it was really it was it was Tim Duncan, right? He's not flashy, he doesn't put up crazy numbers, but he's just been good for a long time and uh, you know, and his legacy and, and the place where, you know, his 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 ranking is just it's solidified, right? So you can tell he's out here because he loves being out here, not because he needs to be. So it's Tim Duncan. So uh, Big Sean, the dark. And, I, and I, like that, I like that. Uh, yeah, I like that comparison. I felt like I had a better way. I'll, I'll give it to you later. Marinate with you for a second. Zach Randolph. <laughs> All right. Okay. And All right, because so Zebo broke in with the Jailblazers, right? He broke in with the Jailblazers, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that was like his ghetto boys. <laughs> oh. And he's evolved. <laughs> Zebo is a technician on the block, though, right? In the same sense that uh-huh. I feel like space represents that technician on the block, metaphor intended. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where it's just like Zeke is technical, he's got skill, but he's also got just like this grit, this grind, this. And Zebo's from Gary, but he's got this southernness that connects with what Memphis is about. That I think, you know, space connects with that Houston element, and I think there's just I feel a vibe with those two that connects. In the same way, where Zebo is also certified, like nobody's gonna test Zebo, right? Everybody recognizes Zebo's got game. He's at that stage in his career where he's starting to kind of fade a little bit, but he's still solid. He's still solid. Yeah. He'll still turn in a twenty and ten week, you know. Yeah. But he he may not be able to keep that up for a whole season. So that was that was just yeah. Yeah. I I like that. I could uh. I can think of that. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, so I listened to, uh, I forgot what podcast it was. DeMarcus Cousins was on. Uh, it might have been Bill Simmons' podcast a while back, like last All-Star. And Simmons asked him, like, who's who's the guy you not fear, but who's the person who after you play them, you, you're feeling it the next day? And he was like Zebo, <laughs> you know. It's like, and Demarcus Cousins <laughs> is a grown ass man, right? So yeah, <laughs> you know it's real on the block. Uh, when a guy like DeMarcus is like, man, going to Memphis, man, I know I'm going to feel it the next day. And I think, you know, to your point, that's how po- most folks feel about Scarface. You know, um, they don't think he's going to win the, the chip, but they really don't want to see him on a Wednesday night on the second half of a back-to-back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll let you go. All right. So uh, number three was Dark Sky Paradise, Big Sean. And, um, again, I just, 
I, I continue to be surprised by him. I guess at some point I'm going to raise my expectations to a point where it's on par with his talent level. But, um, you know, he uh, this album just has – there's really no holes in it. There's maybe one song I'm not all that happy with, but um, for the most part, from the beginning to the end – it's uh it's got everything. It's got um uh, the emo track with Drake, the Blessings joint which is great. Uh the E40 club track. It's got um, you know, the he's introspective. So like Sean is introspective almost like with a childlike innocence to him, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but sometimes I hear him on songs and I'm almost like he sounds like a kid just figuring this thing out. And I know he's not really young, but sometimes he just talks about, oh, man, you know, I just want to eat pasta and live a good life and not work. You know, I'm just like, okay, I guess that's something you can desire um, as a grown man. Um, but, uh, you know, um, he, and this may be blasphemy, but um, I feel like he's pretty much run with the Kanye motif. I mean, the 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 soulful kind of Motown tracks, the witty, those somewhat uh, immature raps sometimes, um, and just kind of his overall, you know, being impressive, being more impressive on the mic than you probably think. But uh, at the same time, you probably wouldn't say, like, oh, he's the best lyricist. I mean, I wouldn't go that far. But you can't stop your your head from nodding and listen to some of these tracks. So I was uh, I was impressed from the beginning. This is probably my second favorite album meaning like an album that I'll just, if I had to choose any one, regardless of like quality, but just my preference, uh, this one is probably number two. Uh, so I really like this album. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've stated it before. I, I, this is one of my favorite albums this year. And I didn't really realize it was one of my favorite albums. So I kind of found myself, when I was looking for something to listen to, I kept going to it. And as mm-hmm. you said, I just let it run. Like, I wouldn't skip. I wouldn't play one song and then skip. I just let it run. You know, I have a daughter who is a freshman in college, at, and she goes to school in the Twin Cities, and it's a four-hour drive from Madison to the Twin Cities. And, you know, I was driving her up um, after she had a visit, and one, she came home one weekend, and we vibed out the big song together. You know what I mean? I put it on, and we just <laughs> rode. You know what I mean? And, and so it's just one of those things where it's just like it, I didn't, it wasn't like a conscious, like, yeah, I'm going to put in this beat. It's just like, what do I want to listen to right now? Uh, well, let me throw the dark out there. Like, I know I won't be disappointed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. I'm with you. It just kind of grew on me in a very weird way. I wasn't expecting it or wasn't looking for it. I didn't try to like it, you know. Yeah. I just happened to pick it up, and, and I enjoyed it and found myself kind of continuing to go back to it when I uh, had moments where I wanted to hear some music. Yeah, and uh, so I remember when I put him on, put Hall of Fame on my list in 2013, I mean, people were angry. People were like, I had done something to them, and I was like, I really think Hall of Fame was a, one of the best albums of 2013. I think it stand the test of, to the test of time. Um, and now I get a lot less pushback when I start talking about this album. I think people, he's starting to win people over um, in a way that they're kind of, you recognize it, and I think he, he kind of grows on people. And so before they recognize, they're like, oh, I have listened to, like, three or four of these songs regularly. Or, the, yeah, these things are on my, like, gym workout playlist. I, I guess I do like him, you know, and that's <laughs> that's kind of uh, that's kind of what you get with, with Big Sean. But it's, like, two examples 
on the album that I, I appreciated were just some of the uh, the interludes, right? So he has one where he's talking to his grandmother. He kind of has this song, um, One Man Can Change the World, and it's one of these, you know, no one believes in you, but you can do it kind of a song. And it's actually, I think, really good. Um, and then he's kind of him talking to his grandma, right, who I think passed away, right? So it's kind of one of these like, oh, wow, you know, I didn't see that coming. And then I really loved his dad on it. Like, his dad had this, uh, you know, rambling kind of uh, into at the end of uh, win some, lose some, and he's just saying, like, look, I know you, son, and you're, you're full of crap, but you got a good heart, and people can see you got a good heart, and that's why what? you're successful, you know? And I was sitting back like, this, I don't know if he meant to be deep like this, but that's, like, that's a genuine moment between a rapper and his dad, which... You know, you can probably count on two fingers how many rappers <laughs> have had, you know, this kind of thing on their dad, like Nas in common, and that's about it, right? So right. <laughs> it's uh, it was something that kind of stayed with me. Yeah, and I think the and I think what really draws me to the album is is, is the part of Big Sean's persona persona on the album. He's kind of he's kind of like his bravado comes from his grind. You know what I mean? Like, he's not necessarily bragging about how much he has or what he's accomplished. He's bragging about how much he went through to get to where he got to. And, you know, if you ever have had a process that you had to go through that when you were cutting your teeth to become something, you can relate to what he's kind of going through and some of the the, uh, emotions and and some of the uh, impulses he draws from uh, lyrically on this album. So, uh, like I said, it's it's one of my favorites uh, from this year, and it's one I I continue to go back to. Um, It's very enjoyable. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, And so the the NBA equivalent, I I put him up there with with Jimmy Butler. Um, And so, uh, you know, the equivalent, the way I described it is, you know, a guy who came in the league kind of pegged as just a solid kind of role player, but, uh, you know, a second or third option. But now you're kind of seeing a part of his game. You're like, man, maybe this guy can be a superstar, right? Like he can be a legit on his own kind of a superstar. And I'm not 100% sold, but now I'm open to the possibility of that happening, as I am with, like, kind of Jimmy Butler. Like he could be the next guy. Yeah, this one was spot on. I think you hit this one nail on the head. This is this was perfect. Like I'm not gonna mess with that one. That one was perfect. Right. Um, that is a perfect right. comparison right there. Perfect. All right. So um, let's go to number two. So number two was um, the documentary two by the game, and um, <clears throat> this was another kind of album that I. It's hard for me to gauge if other people like this album. I was. From the be- the first time I listened to this, love this album. It's actually my favorite album of 2015. It's, my, it's the one that I go to for everything, and it's uh, and it's not because it's got a great message or anything like that. Like this is just him rapping about being a gangster, about money, about girls. About, I mean, it's you know, so it's not like he's uh, saying anything that's gonna blow your mind, but it's. I don't know, it's just solid headbangers for 70-some-odd minutes, just straight straight through. And, uh, you know, he's he's a good MC, he's a good rapper, he's got flow. He's, uh, you know, he does some copycat things, which I'm not all that 
happy with. Sometimes I'll hear him rapping like, okay, now he's rapping like this guy. Now he's somewhat of a chameleon, but um, at this point, you know, 10 years, I mean, he's been in the game 10 years, right? 10 years in and you can still come up with, with great songs, you know, your, your stuff is, is kind of legit. So, yeah, I was surprised. I had to look it up. It's his sixth studio album. <laughs> so, uh, wow. you know, he's got he's got skits. He's got interludes. He does a great, I mean, just a great job of, this is like a 90s album that flow into other songs, that flow into interludes, that flow into the next song. He's got kind of two or three songs that you can see are almost like a dialogue. So he's got these uh, songs right next to each other about just, women, right? So one where he's him and a girl and, you know, he's cheating on her and all this other thing, and it's actually pretty clever. And then it goes into a song about him rapping about, like, chick, you ain't nothing. And then <laughs> the next song is, yo, man, we should really get back together. You know, like, you my baby mom. Like, <laughs> why are we like this? You know, it's like, right. it's uh, it was kind of a trip listening to it. And it was, it has to be by design because they follow each other really well, right? So, Mm-hmm. Um, so just a real nice put together narrative. Uh, the the uh, the the production is 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 incredible. Um, he's got Premier, he's got Mike Will, he got Cool and Dre, um, all types of stuff on this. So you know, um, and then you know, a ton tons of he got verses from everybody. Like so, everyone came out to be on this. And uh, the last thing, you know, he got bodied on this track by uh, Absol. So Absol's verse, huh, if you haven't heard it on Dollar and a Dream might be diversity in my opinion but um but it's still a great album despite you know him that so this is a, a celebration of the west it's it's a unapolog- unapologetically west coast and it's just good it's just really a high high quality album so this is one of my favorite ones okay okay i'm not mad at that i'm not mad at that pick uh i again this is one i haven't hasn't been on it i have it i i listened to it once <laughs> And I was like, ah, I'm good. And it's not because <laughs> of the quality of the music. It's just I kind of, like, the, really with game is the pet peeve is his style switching. And it just drives me nuts. And I, I know I should, I know I could look at it differently, that he's versatile, because I've had people try to convince me, well, he's so versatile, he can rap like other people. I just feel like, just be game. <laughs> hey, so that's always been a slight It's always made it difficult for me to enjoy game because he do, he does it really well though. But I just feel like whoever he's on the track with, he like morphs into their style, and it's like, dude, I want you and them on the track. I don't want a track just to you trying to beat them and them with you. Like just, I wanted a collaboration, <laughs> not you imitating them. Like, come on, just do you. And so that's always been. That the last couple of game albums I have not checked for fully and fully invested in just because I think the last one was the Red album and it just drove me nuts on that album how he yeah. continued to do that over and over and over where he just rapped like his guest. Yeah, <laughs> and I was just yeah. like, I'm done again. So I haven't really messed with him since. Again, I peeped this when it came out. I kind of buzzed through it just to kind of see if there's anything that caught my ear. And nothing really caught me, and so I just let it collect dust. Um, yeah. Because you have endorsed it, though, I'm going to revisit it. And I'll let you know what I think the next time we do a pod. Yeah, it's still going to bother you. I mean, that it's, it's like uh, it's exactly like that. I mean, Kendrick's on the first track, and you can see already he's doing the the, the rapid flow, trying to be lyrical. I mean, he that's just him. I don't think he can help himself. 
Um, so <laughs> if that bothered you, if that bothered you, that's going to continue to bother you. Um, but if you can get past that, then, uh, you know, then I think there's a lot, there's a lot here. And kind of keeping with that, I guess, the equivalent, the NBA equivalent I have for, uh, for game was Blake, um, the aforementioned future Nick Blake Griffin. Um, and I say that because, uh, while he's, talented and I think Blake is talented um just a lot of people don't like him <laughs> and uh he rubs people the wrong way and uh I think he also Blake needs people around him to be good I don't think he's a singular talent I think he needs folks around him just like you know when um when game was kind of you know when Dre kind of was backed off like right after his beef with 50 like, he was just doing a bunch of stuff, and it was just like, what are you doing? Like, he was just mixtape after mixtape, yeah. and it was just rambling, right? And so, but now that he's kind of back in in the good graces with, with Dre, and, you know, he's got kind of people that will um, help him along, now you see, like, oh, okay, he, he can he can have a, 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 a top-notch album if he's got some folks around him, kind of like Blake Griffin needs a Paul and a DeAndre and a Redick or whatever to be great. Yeah, I, I like this one very much as well. This one is a, this one is again nail on the head, on point. Uh, Game and Blake are one and the same. Uh, you know, even to the point where it's like how I kind of view Game as that kind of one trick pony. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think people view Blake the same way, where it's like all he does is dunk on people. Which again, like it's the same with Game. Like rapping like someone else and, and doing it well and passable, where I can tell like okay, you just incorporated this person's style into your verse. Like, it's a talent. That's that's not, like, to be scoffed at. Like, that's actually difficult to do, just as dunking on seven-foot grown men is not easy to do. <laughs> but at the same time, it's kind of like, but that's all you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I like that. I like that. I like that one a lot. All right. So number one, much to, to, to no one's surprise, probably Mr. Uh, Eleven Grammy nominations himself, Kendrick Lamar, uh, with uh, "To Pimp a Butterfly." We we talked about this at the, probably in the first pod that I, this was a, this took a while to grow on me, man. It took a long time and a lot of cajoling and a lot of pressure. Like I really started to question, yeah, maybe it's me. Maybe I just don't know good albums anymore like everyone's saying this is a great it's the perfect album etc cetera, etc cetera. and i just couldn't get through it and um you know it I, so i i forgot when this is probably in the middle of the year maybe three four months after it came out and uh i just kind of sat down and said all right i'm just gonna listen to this thing from beginning to end i think i must either be going on a drive or work or something i can't remember what it was and um you know on a whole listen to the whole thing i started to really appreciate the format, the goal, what he was trying to do. Like, he's trying to really transcend rap with his albums. I mean, it's it's kind of insane, you know, to have a guy that's probably the most talented lyricist in the game right now that's also like, yeah, but that's just not enough. I also want to kind of push the envelope on, uh, you know, democracy and racism and point a, a, you know, a mirror at America and show him, you know, what's really going on and, it takes, I think, a lot of guts and all that stuff. So all that, when you wrap that into also the music is good, then I, I can see why people love this album. This is not my favorite album. I wouldn't call it a perfect album. There's a, 
at least three or four tracks, and I'm like, I, I'm good if I never hear this song again. But, you know, King Hunter, uh, You, How Much Does a Dollar Cost? And, I mean, The Black of the Berry is, I mean, that's that's a song no one else could do. There's not another rapper that could do The Black of the Berry and it be as dope as it is. So he's kind of this singular talent in that way. And so, you know, and at the end, you know, if for people who haven't listened to the album, you know, spoiler alert, you know, this album is really just um, a conversation or, you know, a tender conversation that he's trying to have with Tupac, who's kind of his, his idol. And so at the end of it, he has this, you know, clip where he's kind of interviewing Tupac using clips of Tupac's join. And, and I was like, oh, this is okay. All right, you got me. Right, I'm in. I, I see what you're trying to do. I respect it. The album's dope. It's not my favorite, but no one. This is the kind of album that people will remember for a long, long time, and so it's got to be the number one spot. Yeah, you get no arguments with for me with this as your number one. I I, I love the album. Um, again, I kind of did that. Like I kind of just put it in and let it go, and. Like, I found myself stopping halfway through and going to my wife and being like, babe, dude is killing it right now <laughs> with this album. <laughs> I, I, I liked it right off. I liked it right from the jump. Mm. There were, again, okay. I, I, bug out moments for me are not. And there were, like, again, King Kunta, I loved um, the intro where, you know, the fact that they sing it, we should have never gave you money. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he incorporated one of my favorite one of my favorite Chappelle jokes <laughs> into a song that that had me right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know just the vibe and the 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 kind of heavy bass that was kind of consistent in all of the songs, but it wasn't it wasn't you know an eight oh eight bass. It was a, a liquid bass. It was a a bass guitar and just incorporating that kind of funk that West Coast funk into it, just kind of, I, I enjoyed it. I felt like it was very authentic. It was very L.A. It was very what L.A. is kind of on right now. Um, it, was, it was very much one of those albums that's a time capsule, but it'll train, it'll age beyond the time that it was created in. Um, but it definitely gives you an idea of where the world was at when it was made, which I think is always a, a key component of a good hip-hop album is that you feel... And you get the I you get a feel for like where this artist grew up is coming from is thinking and how it relates not only to just them but to their greater context but then also sonically it can it gives you a feel of like this is this this is this place where I exist and this is what it sounds like this is what it feels like but then it also endures just as that place yeah. will endure and it will it will still exist ten years from now. This album, I think, will age well, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I've enjoyed all of his albums thus far, um, and I love your point in your review where you said that this is probably something he can only do one time when he wanted to be perfect, and yeah. I agree with that 100%. This was that, this was that one horse shot, you know what I mean, that one shot in horse that you're playing a game of horse with everybody else and you got that one shot in your back pocket and you know you, if you pull this off, it's a wrap. Like, yeah. It's like Vince putting his elbow in the rim. That's <laughs> yeah. one. You have to complete it on the first try. Like, you can't not yep. get that on the first try. If you make it on the first try, 
It's a wrap. It's done. You know what I mean? Like people, and, and it had the same effect where people kind of looked at it like, "What did he just do? What was that?" And then you kind of look at, then you kind of think about it for a second. You probably like, dude, just put his whole arm in the rim. Like, <laughs> think about that for a second. He just put his whole arm in the rim. <laughs> That's what this album was for me. It was Vince putting his arm in the rim and being like, "Yeah, I just did that." <laughs> I just did that. So maybe maybe the NBA equivalent should be uh, young Vince Carter from uh, back in the day. Um, <clears throat> the NBA equivalent, I, so I struggled with this. I went back and forth. At first I was like, well, this is obviously Steph Curry. I mean, he's obviously just this guy that, uh, you know, is, 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 is a game changer. It's changing the way other people are going about making albums because, you know, they're all looking to see what he does and they're trying to, you know, move kind of beyond that. The, what gave me pause, and I ended up kind of trying to make the argument that maybe he's a Draymond Green. And so I, I know this is a sensitive topic in the RSG family right now, so I don't I want to pick any scabs. But uh, he will stay here, so we good. <laughs> all right, all right. The the reason I say that is because um, uh, I don't I don't think he is he is not always fun to listen to, and he's not always enjoyable to see. It's he. He's the kind of person that you got to really appreciate what he's doing. I think he takes time, some knowledge of hip-hop, some knowledge of music to appreciate how great his performance is. Like this album, I think I'm pretty astute, and it even took me a while to really appreciate all the stuff that was happening here. And I think that's closer to Draymond's um, game, which is he's great, but he's great in a way that it's not really one of these, oh, yeah, you, you watched him play for five minutes, you see he's the best player on the court. It's like, oh, I don't, I don't get it, but... He seems to really be doing a lot, but what is he doing? And once you see, like, oh, he allows them to go small and they can still rebound as well and play defense just as well, and that just gives them, you know, this killer squad that they can roll out for five minutes and just mop the floor with anybody. And that's really important. And there's really only one guy (laughs) in the NBA that can do what Draymond does. And so you appreciate him more when you know more. And so he could be Steph. But Steph's game is just like one of those, um, you know, everyone appreciates it. And there's enough people I know who are just like, I don't like his voice. Or I don't like this. Or, I don't like they, they nitpick him. But the people who really appreciate the, the art form know how good Kendrick is. And uh, and I think the same thing is, this, I think that's the same for Draymond Green. Yeah, and I, I, I co-sign this. I will co-sign this comparison. And, you know, I go to bat, I go to bat for this one. Because I agree with you. I think, you know, a lot of Draymond's game is nuanced. And I know I come off as if I don't appreciate Draymond. You know what I mean? And people kind of are like, you don't like Draymond Green. I don't, I love Draymond Green. I love Draymond Green. Just like I love a lot of guys. I just don't call everybody a max player. Like, again, I'm a, I, I operate under the assumption that there are five guys, truly five guys, who are, no matter what context you put them in, they're sure shot hit. No matter what, no matter what team you put them on, there are about five or six guys in the league. You can put them in any system, in any sort of framework, with any group of teammates, and you're going to get pretty good results no matter what. Like we yeah. talked about Blake earlier, Blake is a great talent, but if you got Blake out there by himself with the wrong kind of pieces around him, it's going to get ugly. Yeah, like yes. he's going to produce. He's going to produce mm-hmm. because points have to be put on the board, but. It's just not it's not gonna have the same artistry, it's not gonna have the same flow, it's not gonna have the same aesthetic 
the optics are going to be all off. And, you know, that's how I feel about Dre. He's a great, great player. And that nuance is important. And I think the same is, can be said for Kendrick. Like, the nuance of what he does, like, if you're to the untrained ear or the untrained eye, you're not going to see it all. You're not going to get it all. Um, you have to sit with it for a second. You've got to watch him for a little bit. But there's there's that desire to be great, right, that that desire for greatness that I think drives both of them, that puts them at a, a, at a kind of a, a place where you know every time you watch them, they're trying to impress you. You know what I mean? They're trying to do something that's going to make sense to you. And if you if you get it, you're going to really be impressed. You know what I mean? Like they're doing the other thing to impress you, not the obvious thing to impress you, which is something I appreciate about both of them. All right, well, that's it. That's the wrap up. Um, the uh, I, I noted a couple second tier ones. We don't have to talk about them. Um, the one that came closest, I almost put in top five, was the Compton soundtrack, the Drake soundtrack, which is really just really good. It's really a compilation, though. I mean, it's not a Dr. Dre album, <laughs> so it was kind of one of these things. I was like, I think I like it, but is this as much a Kendrick? album as it is a Dre album, seeing how Kendrick probably wrote right. most of it too. So, you know, I just <laughs> I ended up saying like, all right, yeah. this is a good album, but I don't know where to put this. So Yeah. Uh yeah. I'm I'm down with you on that one. I love that album. Um but yeah, it's more of a, a kind of a compilation deal. Um the one I I love this year that maybe well you obviously you left off, you didn't have any honorable mentions. But Vince Staples, Summer of 06. I mm. like that album a whole lot. I like that album a whole lot. Um, okay. So, yeah, that, that's one. If you haven't really dug into it, that's one maybe you want to check into and kind of really dig into. Um, we're running we're running through this. Uh, you listen to the Real yeah. Sports Guys, Hustling Flows with Sekou and Marcus, breaking down Sekou's Hip Hop Year in Review. And we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we're going to take it back to 1996. So hold your horses for a moment while we uh, get something, a little something-something queued up for you all. To the real sports guys, realsportsguys.com, hustling flow in your ears with Marcus and Take Two. Uh, we are going to take you back to 1996 for the, as we close out this edition of Hustling Flow. Take and I are going to reminisce uh, and go back to 1996 and list our favorite albums from a seminal year, I think, 
uh, at least a, a noteworthy year in hip hop history. Uh, I'll let you start this one off, Sekou. Uh Why '96? So, <laughs> so uh, I saw something. Uh, I, I think it was Double uh, XL kind of said, "Oh, you know, is you know, all these albums are turning 20 years old, and you know, 20." Uh, you mentioned at the beginning, that's just for a rap album to be still something that you might listen to or to have folks that are still rapping 20 years later, to me, is just monumental. I feel like you celebrate the art form, you celebrate its longevity. But 96 was just a year that, for me, um, things kind of really came together. So that was the first year, uh, let's see, um, that the second, so I started college in 95, so 96 kind of was my first year in college, so I'm out there kind of going to parties, on my, kind of living on my own, buying my own music, you know, and this started kind of the soundtrack of my adulthood. And uh, but we can pick our favorites, but let me just, just so for, for folks, maybe there's some folks here that are either too young to remember or, you know, sometimes the years get jumbled in your mind and you forget just how insane 1996 was. So let me just give you a list of the what I would consider like the off the top of your head, Top albums that we have to choose from, right? So yes, yes, Jay Z's yeah. Reasonable Doubt, Iron Man, Ghostface Killer, uh, Don Caluminati, uh, The Seven Day Theory, but also All Eyes on Me also dropped in '96. Illadelph Half Life by The Roots, uh, AT Aliens, Outcast, Beats Rhymes in Life, Tribe Called Quest, The Fugees dropped uh, <clears throat> The Score in '96. Busta Rhymes, The Coming with Wuha, that was in 96. Nas, It Was Written, Red Man, Muddy Waters. I mean, it, it's just looking about, like, seminal works. Uh, Lost Boys, Legal Drug Money, right? So the Lost Boys album that had, like, ten number one hits or whatever on it, you know, was on there. Yeah. So, and those are just, like, the, without a doubt, no one can dispute. And then there's, like, at least four or five, like, cult classics, Right, there's a two right. short album. There's uh, the Ice Cream Man, Master P came out in '96. Like, there's a lot of these albums that are people are like, man, that album I, was one of my favorites, even if it's not considered one of the best. <laughs> so yeah, think about and, that and, and, year, and, that and was, then think about the year we just had. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. I mean, that's what made '96 so special. Was it had those joints where, you know, everybody was like, yeah. That this is amazing, but then it had those like personal joints where you're like, I love this and I don't care what you think. Like for me, it was Helter Skelter Nocturnal. Like I loved that album, and at this time I was 16, so for me this was like again, like one of those years that just rings out in my head. And Helter Skelter Nocturnal was one of my favorite favorite albums during this particular time. Um, just loved it to death. And it, but n- that probably will make no no one else cares about that album. <laughs> <laughs> Other than Rock and Rock themselves, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so no, for sure. You know, it it was just uh yeah, it was just an amazing year when you really look at it. Like when you actually look at what came out that year, it's kinda crazy. Like when you're listing those off, I'm like, yep. At that, got that still, love that still, listen to it. You know what I mean? Just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. So 
that's the context that we're looking at this within. Uh, what were some of your top albums, and, and what drew you to those albums during this particular during '96? Yeah, I mean, so I'm I'm gonna cheat and uh, I'm gonna knock Reasonable Doubt off the list because I was listening to Reasonable Doubt really in '95. So, you know, just being New York at the time, it might have dropped in 96, but I was like, man, I was I was listening to Reasonable Doubt in high school. So, I had it in 95. <laughs> I don't know how. But right, so I'm going right. to knock I'm going to cheat by knocking that off. But uh the album, and think about the one that I really love is actually Stakes is High by De La Soul. That's my favorite. And uh it was because so De La Soul, I kind of had a love-hate relationship with them. They were a group that I like some of the stuff, but man, I just thought their albums were just a mess. I was just like, what are these guys doing? Like, they, can they just make songs and not have it be this abstract craziness? And then Stakes is High dropped, and it was just like, all right, we're just going to make songs. And we're going to make, you know, boom bap ones. We're going to make great music. And uh, so I love Stakes is High. Like, that is one of my favorite albums, period, of all time. So Stakes is High is one of those that really rings true to me. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll say that. So which one rings true to you? And it can be your favorite. It doesn't have to be, this is not a ranking of, you know, best. This is which one, if you had to choose one of those to listen to on that next road trip to the Twin Cities, which one are you pulling out? Oh, it's easy. This is easy for me. This is this is uh, Outkast AT Aliens. I mean, mm. to this day, this is like one of my go-tos. Um, just two dope boys. <laughs> Wheels of Steel, Elevators, Jazzy Bell, uh, man, Decatur Song, E.T., Millennium, 13 Four Growing Old. All of those songs on that album, I just, I, I love. Even the intro, right? Even the intro is so haunting and calm and serene, but at the same time, ominous. Just the whole album has a vibe to it that, like, I just it gives it like talking about it right now is giving me chills. Like, but if I had to like, this is the album that I can only listen to for the rest of my life. It would be Outkast, AT Aliens, um, hands down. I mean, Big Boys Bravado with Dre's Levity. Um, I think we're at their finest. Um, you know, is it, it, it to me it was until Equipment I came out. This was like it. This is what I yeah. wanted my hip hop to sound like, feel like. And I remember I had got my first car. Um, you know, I had mm. just got in the car, my mom had got me a ride and this was the tape that stayed in. Like you touch my radio and you take this tape out. And my little brothers would complain, Why we always gotta listen to this? Why we can't listen to something else? All these other tapes you got in here, we only listen to this one. And it, it came out in September, right as school started. Mm. And so, like, it, it informed my whole, like, swag, vibe. My whole, my whole year was, like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, like, be this, like, I'm trying to be Dre and Big Boy and one dude. That's what I was trying to do the whole year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just home for, like, who I was trying to be that year and it was like what I wanted to, what kind of vibe I wanted to project. I want to be this introspective dude who still was like cool and street at the same time and trying to like walk that line, you know, and 
it was just it was what I aspired to at that particular point in my life, and and this album was exactly that, man. It was just it was down home, but it was still like in the clouds at the same time. Um, if that makes any sense. Uh, no, I know. I mean, this was uh, this was something that uh, folks at, at college, like cats who were from the South, kind of introduced me to, and they're like, "You got to listen to this." And I was like, "Okay." And I heard, and I was like, "Oh, these are the same cats from." Uh, and they were like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, okay. This sound is uh, this is updated." <laughs> you know, like right, the same, right, right. Sound like right. sounding like they uh, they taped it in their basement. Like this is oh, eh, they're for real. They're for real. Okay, I'll cast this from nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, what was that one that that you liked that maybe nobody else is just like into or, or was into at the particular time? What oh was your yeah, so, Nocturnal? yeah. Well, so you said health skill not so I'm I'm not gonna steal that one, but uh, I'm gonna stay in Brooklyn. So, there's a group called Cellar Dwellers, and yes. um, they uh. uh you know, grew up right around where I grew up, and they were in that kind of boot camp, you know, backpack, Black Moon kind of um, genre, but they were just lyrically just on another level, man. I mean, these guys were like <clears throat> painting pictures and stories and stuff, so uh, Realms and Reality is, is the album, and I must have listened to that album, like, I just couldn't stop listening to it, and it might have been I was biased because they were talking about you know, they they rapped about going around Brooklyn and doing stuff that I was doing, you know, go to the mall and then holler at this one chick and X, Y, Z. And I was like, oh, yeah. And <clears throat> these were regular dudes, you know, that I had met. And to hear them, I was like, oh, so this is like, you can be a regular guy and still come up with this album. So the album is one of my favorites. And uh, there's still verses that I have memorized to this day, you know, that if it, it would never come on because no one's ever heard of Cellar Dwellers except probably like, the people in Brooklyn in 1996, but that's kind of the one for me. <laughs> that's kind of the one for yeah. me. I, I also thought about uh, Smooth the Hustler album came out that year. Yes, um, yes. I, <laughs> I listened to that album a lot. <laughs> yes. So, uh, you know, and I, I wouldn't expect anyone to know any songs except for, you know, um, uh, man, what was the name of the uh Broken language, right? Aside from broken yep, language, yep, I was yep. saying, but I listened to that whole DV alias Christ. Like I listened to that whole album. <laughs> I knew that whole right, album. Right, so, right. That was another yeah. kind of cult did, classic. Did Tracy Lee drop in '96? I'm going through. I'm combing through the, um, the albums that dropped during that year. But I mean, it, I think there was, it was a, a little later. Yeah. This crucial conflict. Now this is a Midwest like cult. Mm. Like, and you were in Chicago for a minute. So this may have popped up on your radar, but Crucial Conflict, the final tick, was huge. And it was kind of riding the coattails of the Bone Thugs kind of vibe. Yeah. And people were, you know, people were kind of dug in the bone. And and they were kind of of that kind of same vein, um, the rapid fire flows. But they were just way more country. <laughs> like way more. Oh, like yeah. they had to join A. You know, the a, song a, a in the middle of the barn. Oh yeah, 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 and so like that that album is actually like lyrically is not amazing, but they pull off what they were trying to pull off. You know what I mean? And sometimes the album does that where like if you just kind of put
put it in a vacuum as far as like what it's supposed to be, it may not stack up. But for what they were going for, they executed it really well. You know what I mean? It's like a trick play in football. <laughs> like you're not going to yeah. run this all the time. You know what I mean? But if you execute it right, you might come up with something. And it was one. Of, that's one of those joints where I think you know. Again, it's not something that you're going to go back to. Like lyricism was amazing, or even the beats were amazing. But the whole of it all, it worked. It worked. Um, and it jammed. It jammed. You know, so Cuckoo Conflict, that's one that I, you know, if I had to pull one out and say, if you want to go back to 96 and kind of check something that was off the radar but on the radar, Cuckoo Conflict, the final tick, um, okay. that's one you got to check out. That's one you got to check out. So. All right, crucial conflict. I I seriously doubt I could get through, but you know I got Spotify, so it won't cost me anything. I'll just pull that up. Exactly. Next time I'm grading papers, I'll just be bopping. I have to put my headphones yeah, on. Yeah, you sure might. Like I said, like I said, it works. It, it works. It, if you just kind of, you kind of got to just roll with it. <laughs> Don't think about it too much. Just let it. Just let it. Rock, just let it rock for a second and, and see where it takes you. But again, man, there's so much on here. I remember when All Eyes on Me dropped, man. The, the, it was one of those. It was like, and this was, you know, this was back when I think that's the thing that people got to understand. This was when the machine behind hip hop was at its highest. Like, Rap City yeah. Top 10 was like must watch TV. Like, when they unveiled the new Top 10 for the week, it was like, you had to watch it. Like, yep. you did not want to miss, like, which songs were in the top ten. And yep. that kind of really drove a lot of the notoriety of these albums where, you know, UGK, Riding Dirty, Nas, It yep. Was Written. I mean, just exhibit at the speed of life. You know what I mean? Just, you know, you had the paparazzi joint on there. It just, it, you, it, the machine around it and the diversity, it wasn't, the diversity was still there. You know what I mean? Where it wasn't so much you had to do it a certain kind of way. Like, it hadn't become formulaic, and the machine was yeah. coming. And so if you had a yeah. joint, you could get through. You know what I mean? Like, you could be seen. You could be out there. You know what I mean? That was one of the reasons I was so into the Health to Skelter joint is because Operation Lockdown was, like, number one on Rap City Top Ten for, like, three or four weeks in a row. And I'm kind of like, I like this song. I don't know who these guys are, but I'm going to go get this tape and see what's up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Imagine that. Like hearing a song for the first time, like watching it on the TV and being like, I got to pick that up. And then having to go down to a store, buy it, and then be able, like, all right, I'm going to listen to this over the next two days. Um, right. So maybe that like, antip- anticipation, maybe, maybe that, that may yeah. be the payoff a little bit better, a little sweeter. Yeah. And you knew when everything was coming out. So, like, you know, and again, the for, the, the, the machine was humming. Because you knew the single was going to drop exactly three weeks before the album came out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you knew once you started to see the single, oh, so-and-so's got a new single, which means their album is coming out within the next month. You know what I mean? And so it was just like it was predictable. You knew when to get it. You knew you knew what to look for. You knew when to find it. And, you know, that bus ride home from the from the Sam Goody or wherever you got your music from was always, you know what I mean, you, you you had to if you bought more than one tape you had to kind of pick which one am I going to listen to on this bus ride home because I got about thirty minutes on this bus <laughs> to get back 
to the crib. So which one am I gonna listen to to get me home? And it was, I mean, it was like Christmas every Tuesday. You know what I mean? When it when something new came out, it was it was a fantastic time. It was a fantastic time. So I, I've decided I'm going to uh, kind of make this list, and I'm just going to go through these things this year. Like, I'm just going to listen. Because the first quarter, first half of every year is just slow. So no new music yeah. coming out anyway. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to listen to Iron Man. I'm going to listen to Reasonable Doubt. I'm going to listen to Legal Drug Money. I'm going to listen to Bush Baby's Gravity. I'm going to listen to the Fuji score, which also is just, you know, it might be on the Mount Rushmore of, of album. I mean, that album was like a gift from God. Yeah. I just... That that was yeah. crazy. We we don't have enough time to talk about it. But like, no. I'm just gonna pull these albums out and and re-listen and just pretend it's 1996 and the Knicks are good and uh, <laughs> you know, life life is fantastic. That's that's what I'm gonna do. I right. just decided this right. is what I'm doing. <laughs> hey, that's what's up. That's the move, man. That's a move to be made. I mean, Mob Deep, Hell on Earth came out. I mean, just joint after joint where it's like, yeah, I liked it. That I I, I like that one too. I was into that yeah. one. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous. It, it drew the damager. Rap of the Mad came out in Are you kidding J-Roo. me? Yep. Raz Pass, Soul on Ice. Are you kidding me? All of these, and all of these were like, they were like, yo, are you tech? Like, people would be like, but do you got this? You know what I mean? Like, these are all albums where if you didn't have it, people kind of looked at you a little weird. Like, yep. you don't got that? You know what I'm saying? MOP Firewind Squad, you know, Firing yeah, squad. yeah. I'm I'm with you on that. I may have to just go through and and do a '96, and just <laughs> revisit that year, man. Cause yeah, that was that was a heck of a year, man. It's the best gift you can give yourself. <clears throat> Enjoy. This is, this is that's why I was yeah. like, I listened to Mob Deep Hell on Earth uh, doing dishes the other day. I was like, I just, I just need something that's gonna power me through busting these suds, and man, it got me through. The the thing that will also trip you out <clears throat> is uh, the the uh, the um, kind of the the uh, the beefs and the back and forths that you'll hear on this. You'll, you, it almost will make you remember, like, oh yeah, that's right, these cats used to beef. Oh yeah, it's like the the infamous mob, the Hell on Earth. I mean, they're going so hard on. Um, on uh, Def Squad. I mean, they would just, I, 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 oh, yeah, that's right. Keith Murray and Redman, I mean, yeah. these guys would be yeah. big time with Mob Deep. And so there was like three or four just tracks that if they came out now, like, Twitter would go crazy. And they would just kind of like, right. oh, yeah, that's just like track number four. You know, he's going to have three, right. uh, he's going to take three right. other shots at him this album. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Man, I feel you. How, how the climate has shifted a little bit around that. Oh, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, man, this has been a great pod. We're gonna wrap this one up. Uh, say cool, man. Well, well done, well done. You you I'm took trying. us around the bend, and I like that. You took us, you you brought us, you grounded us in the now, and took us back '96. And you got me, man. You got me over here. I'm chomping at the bit to go get my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be up till three o'clock in the morning. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, Shoney. <laughs> hey, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So we're gonna close this one out. Any anything you wanna leave the folks out there with, man? Nah man, just uh hit us up on uh Twitter, you know, hit me a hit us up or uh, you know at on either hand if you got questions, comments, uh wanna hear from folks. 
Absolutely. You know, you can hit up any of the real sports guys. Uh, look me up, Game Changer, RSG. Uh, yeah, if you just want to chop it up, man. You got questions, you want to chop it up, you want to talk smack, I love to talk smack over Twitter. Uh, it's great. <laughs> that's what it's for. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, that's what it's for, man. That's what it's for. Well, till next time, we hit you with another Hustle and Flows pod. But stay cool. Game changer. Peace. Peace. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VTW group void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus